It's Jeffrey's Comics! Jeffrey's Comics is Krypton's number one source for silver gold vintage comics, new comics, and trade paperbacks. We love mail orders. Mention Fantastic Quarterbacks or buy three and get the fourth one free. Call us at 310-538-3198 or check out our silver gold vintage collection at comicsonebay.com. Fantastic Forum. Assemble! This is the Fantastic Forum on Games Radio's premier comic book show. And your live weekly show about comic books. We have the Fantastic Forum coming to you live and direct from All Games Studio Los Angeles. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We're going to be taking it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building on Skype. He is our intrepid senior reporter. He is next in line for the Cal. He is, in fact, our resident Dark Knight detective. He is Oz. What's up? Also on Skype, he is the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum, our nine vulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. Hello? <laughs> Hello. As for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. Sometimes they call me Mayor. Sometimes they call me Mister. Uh, sometimes it all comes down to one moment, and that moment is now. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We do, because we're going to give you a review of Man Thing number one. We're going to talk a little bit about Inhumans versus X-Men. We're going to give you the latest and greatest in comic book news. And uh, we're going to have a little chat, an uh, unadulterated, unfiltered chat about Logan. So telling you right at the top, there'll be some spoilers. Hope you saw it already. You have. You're listening to Fantastic Forum. You saw Logan already. Let's be real. Um, or at least by this point. That's what I'm saying. Um, so... But before we get into, oh, and of course, we're going to talk about whatever else you want to talk about in just a moment. But first, we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, the All Games Radio Network, and of course, you, the All Games community, for allowing us this time, equipment, opportunity, ability to talk about this medium that we love oh so much, which are comic books. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Jeffrey's Comics. Uh, Jeffrey's is LA's and the South Bay's best comic book store. You can get all your comic book needs met at Jeffrey's Comics. 
Just go ahead and give him a call. At. There it is. They're open now. Tell them the Fantastic Forum says hello. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, I, I'm supposed to tell you how it is to get down Fantastic Forum. That's what it is. Uh, all Games Chat Room, chat.allgames.com, allgames.com slash chat. Uh, we'll take your comments directly out of the show or out of chat and bring them into the show. That's what we're going to do. Because if we took your comments directly out of the show, you'd be like, I, like, you're like, I thought I put that in there, but they might have just said that. I guess that would be Tiger Claw. He does that, right? Like, we'll say something. Well, no, that's not true either. That's not true. Never mind. Anyway. Um, but, yeah. So, we'll do it like uh, for Tiger Claw. It says, what's up, Fantastic Forum? Any of you seen Kong Skull Island? Kong was no match for Wolverine. Um, I don't, I don't know what that means. I thought, oh, it was Wolverine. Didn't it, be, it best Wolverine? Yeah, I think Wolverine maybe, was number two. Maybe Wolverine was no match for Kong is what he was trying to say. Um, which that makes sense because Wolverine is supposed to be a short Canadian dude, and King Kong is a giant gorilla. And um, yeah, I mean, I would think Wolverine would have a, a tough time with Kong. It was interesting to see Loki and, and uh, Fury team up, take on Goliath. Wait, say that again? It was, it was Loki and Fury teaming up to take on Goliath. Logan and Fury teaming up to, to fight Gorilla Grodd? Loki. Oh, Loki. Oh, oh, I thought you said Logan, and I was just like, I don't understand. Like, is he in that movie? But, yeah, I got you. I they got even you. had uh, uh, Captain Marvel in it, but she didn't do much. Really? Yeah. Word. Oh, I should also mention, you can call us on Skype. Fantastic Forum on Skype. Feel free. And you would be, right now, the fourth member of Fantastic Forum. So, feel free to do that. Get in where you fit in. Uh, how'd you like that movie, Oz? It was it, it was fine. It wasn't great. I I enjoyed it. Which which one did you like more, Logan or or Kong? Logan. That's fair. That's fair. Did you get to see it, Moses? Logan or Kong? No, Kong. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I'll catch it eventually. You know what I want to see is Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla? Yeah. What's that? It's the Japanese Godzilla movie that came out last year. Oh. But it's made by the guy that did Evangelion. Oh. Wait, the the anime or like live action joint? I think the, the, the anime. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, my brother was telling me all about it because he went on a trip for work to Cincinnati. And on the plane, they played Shin Godzilla. So he was happy because he's a big Japanophile. They played it on, on a plane? Yeah. That's interesting. I think because nowadays they have like on-demand stuff so you could just rent shit while you're on it. Oh, you know I got what you. Mean? That makes more sense. So he, uh, 
Yeah, he was happy because, you know, he loves everything Japanese. Yeah. I mean, Except for food. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's... Like, he bought his he bought his specific Toyota uh-huh. because it's made in Japan as opposed to, like, Mexico or Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact engine that they used in the first Toyota that they made back in, like, 1930. Huh. Okay. Back before they were building good stuff? I guess. Was the Japanese stuff crap back then? I don't know. No. I mean, even back to the future, the dude's like, oh, well, no wonder it does not work, and it's made in Japan. Yeah, but that's, that's like just racist. That's just whack. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, say, making freedom fries or something, you know? It's like that was not that long after they had just let them out of the internment camp, so. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I do want to see uh, Kong. Yeah, I might, I might see it in theaters, but I'm very well may not. I might just wait. I feel like the other movies that I, I would like to see that I haven't yet, but like I still haven't seen Lego Batman. I should probably go see that. Do you want to see that? Kinda. I mean, not like it's not so much like. Oh, like I'm so excited to see Lego Batman, but as good as it was, I shouldn't, I shouldn't like hesitate to go see it. I should just go see it because I like it's gonna be a lot. I'm gonna have a much better time in there than I believe I probably will. You know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense, or does that sound crazy? It kind of makes sense. Oh, okay. but because I don't so like crazy. I remember. Yeah, I still want to see Lego Batman. Yeah, like I remember going to go see the Lego movie and thinking like, okay, this joint's gonna be all right. You know, it's probably gonna be fun. And then I was like, wow, this was actually like awesome. And I feel like that's the same way I feel about Lego Batman. And I'm like, but I should know better. And so I should just like, instead of watching it later and not in a theater, and regretting it because I'm like, man, this joint was so awesome. Like, I probably it was probably even better on a big screen. I should just go see it and just be like, okay, like, I I experienced that. No, you're fine. Oh, okay. Well then, boom. Never mind then. I guess I'll rent them next to each other. Kong, Kong Bat, Lego Batman double feature, in like a year and a half. Kong versus Lego Batman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lego Batman could take Kong. So, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, should we do, should we talk about some books first, or should we do some news first? Or or do you want to get some Logan talk out the way? Yeah, let's get some Logan talk out of the way. You guys want me to talk about Logan. Yeah, because you, you hadn't seen it last time. We talked yeah, about it. Yeah, but I mean, everything I said still stands. I mean, except now that I've seen it, but it's not, it's not, uh, whatchamacallit now, right? It's, it's, I don't know, man. Victor was in it. (laughs) It's not, it's not Messiah Complex. No, I mean, well, yeah, I reread Messiah Complex (laughs) over the weekend too, just to make sure. Right. And yeah, I mean, the opening messiah complex is it's i mean saying it's messiah complex is very insulting to 
you know, Ed Brubaker yeah. and Mark Silvestri. Because just from the opening pages, just Nightcrawler and Cyclops and the yeah. Blackbird and, yeah. you know, everybody rushing to where that new mutant is at. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that would, they should have just made Messiah Complex. Yeah, no, Messiah that Complex. That being said, Logan, Logan was dumb. <laughs> what, what, like, what made it dumb for It you? was a decent enough movie, but I don't know. I mean, look, let's, let's cut the shit. I think Hugh Jackman is having some weird, like, Fight Club type uh, muscle human growth hormone problems, and he can't he can't get buff again, and that's why they decided to go with the old withering Wolverine. But he, he still looked pretty buff, didn't he? I don't know, man. I mean, they showed the new one, but or the young Wolverine that was he was still Hugh Jackman, and that one looked older than the old one. <laughs> you think so? Like he looked soft. He he didn't look like he like Wolverine in, in the Wolverine. Oh yeah, I mean that. How long ago is that movie now? Like, probably five years, maybe. No, less than five years. No, not less. It's got to be like three. It's got to be like what? Like three. No, the the Wolverine. Maybe four. Oh wait, wait. I'm so, wait. Which one was the first Wolverine? No, that's Wolverine Origins. Yeah, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And then, okay, so the Wolverine, okay, I was thinking about the, the first movie. The second, no, the second one. The second one. I don't know. Maybe it is three. I don't know. It's got to be more than three, but less than five. Got it. Because I was living in Long Beach when it came out. And aren't you still living in Long Beach? Well, yeah, I am, but, you know. As opposed to L.A. Right. But it was like, I remember seeing the ads on my way to work. And I was only, you know, at that job for like two years. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, he can't, he can't get the muscle back. And that's why he's quitting Wolverine altogether, I believe. Well, that's a, he can't, that's he a can't pack reason. up on the muscle. That's a good reason to do that, though, right? Yeah, but they got to give us a shit Wolverine story because of that, too. Can he pump the HGH for one last time? As opposed to all the fantastic Wolverine stories we got before this movie. Well, they're supposed to be getting progressively better. Yeah. Well, so much for that theory. <laughs> I hear you, though. The like, Wolverine was 2013. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe he's transitioning. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is, is transitioning? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he did look pretty pretty buff, but, you know, it was also the, the style of clothes that they chose to give him and the cut. I'm no judge on, you know, I'm no Mr. Universe myself. You know what I mean? Right. But... I'm more like Earth-X Wolverine, drunk and fat. <laughs> but, you got, but, but you got the hot wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of going on a road trip with a little girl. That's um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. The, the movie itself, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's not exactly Messiah Complex, but they should have, because it even had Caliban in it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the movie itself was just kind of dumb. Like, it was like the, 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 the not good Mad Max movie where he finds a bunch of kids in the forest. Is that the last Mad Max movie? Uh, I think it's what's it called? Uh, Fury Road. No, no, not Fury Road. Oh, the one. Uh, there's, no kid, there's no kids in Fury Road. Yeah, no. The, the the kids that are in Fury Road are inside a woman's stomach and get trampled by a car. Oh, jeez. But it's big. What was that one Mad Max movie where with all the little kids? Not Thunderdome. It might have been Thunderdome because Thunderdome starts off. Where he goes to that town and then he leaves and then finds a bunch of little kids. Well, it all that to say that was the one of the crappy movies with Mad Max. Got it. And that's ex- it was exactly Logan was that too. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and then don't get me started on, you know, I'm trying not to do the like, oh, it's not like the comic thing for not liking it, but really, like, if you're basing your movie on something. Part of it being a good movie is how good of an adaptation it is, don't you think? Uh, I I could say that. Like I can. Like that's that's the point. Like it can never be a ten out of ten if it doesn't get that right. Like to me, it's a three point takeaway if it's not like that. So it's a seven at its best. But maybe I'm the crazy one. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that there's something to be said about like. You can draw inspiration from something and not actually be an adaptation of it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean, but that's I mean that's why I get Winter Soldier I mean Civil War Right a seven out of ten. Okay. You know? I hear you. But yeah, it's like the X-23 is called X-23 because the, the sample that they got from Wolverine at that time was too damaged. So they could only isolate DNA, uh, usable DNA, from the X chromosome in his DNA. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah. That's so, why X-23 was a girl, right? Exactly. And is 23 because she was the 23rd attempt and the first and only attempt to actually get be successful. So that alone's like, okay. So then they show this little girl's paperwork and it says X-23-23. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? And then they show young Hugh Jackman as the the forever in Berserker Rage Wolverine. Which, any incarnation of Wolverine in the comics could take that one crazy Wolverine. Um, That's true. And he's X-24. Right. So it's like, he's not a woman. Like, if anything, that should have been a, like an adult woman that could beat his ass. That would have been kind of cool. But, you know. 
but that I mean that's just the stupid part of the movie. Like, you know, I guess I guess I'm the you know I'm being nitpicky or a cyber bully or something. <laughs> no man, that's but, like there's there's a lot of things wrong it, with that movie. Yeah, and then yeah, so that was that, and then the little kids going to Canada, like that was weird, like. They never do tell us, like, exactly what's in Canada. I mean, right. I guess they kind of allude to the fact that it's outside the jurisdiction of the company that is trying to get well, them. What the company did is legal in the U.S. and Mexico, but not Canada. So there, they can kind of be protected, but there's no... It doesn't seem like there's a guarantee that they can be protected. Because, you know, Wolverine couldn't protect them almost. Yeah. It just seems, though, like... You know, you can run them down before they reach, like, or before they get too far into the country. Like, right. if you go to North Dakota, if you're gonna run like a whole underground ring of like women to be like birthers to your murder clones, it would seem that you wouldn't have much issue with crossing the Canadian border and maybe like killing one Mountie or something. That's like trying to guard the border to like get these kids before they get someplace like you know fortified, but I don't know. Maybe that's crazy talk. They're like, we don't want to start yeah. an international incident. We're a reputable. Emily just just looked it up. That movie with all the kids and Mad Max was uh, Beyond the Thunderdome. Okay, yeah. That's one of the great Which jokes I, in it. What's up? That has Grace Jones in it, right? Yeah. Which it wasn't like a terrible movie, but it wasn't the best Mad Max movie. Right. Even before Fury Road. Right. But, you know, Wolverine being that is kind of dumb. But, yeah, and, you know, Larry, they didn't want to kill the kid. You just don't speak Spanish. You know, last week you said that that they were just trying to capture her, but when they spoke in Spanish, it was like faulty Google Translate Spanish, but still, in Spanish, they said kill her. Okay, but they don't try to kill her. No, they're just not good at it. They Well, but they literally... Yeah, or, originally, like the first half, they're not trying to kill her because they're trying to find out where the other guys are. Well... Right off the bat, they say, killer, dead or alive, she, we got to get her. So. Yeah, but they all they do is try to capture her. Like, they try to capture all of them. Well, they're not good at killing her. But I'm saying they're, like, literally not trying. Like, maybe they said it, but their actions don't show they tried to kill her. They Like, they literally walk up with handcuffs. Through, like, even in the end, when they're in the forest, they're running up to the kids and holding them down and trying to put them in cuffs. Well, no. The first thing they do is they shoot at her, and the dude's like, she heals. What the fuck are you wasting ammo for? Right. So you got to capture her and then find a way to kill her later. I don't I, I don't think that helps your point. And the whole adamantium bullet thing is stupid, too. Yeah. It's like, I feel like the adamantium bullet is something that I can let go of, like I can get past it, but it isn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You can't. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about me. Like, you get past it because of it's Fox's Wolverine. Yeah. But it, it, the thing is, it's, it's a leftover from the very first movie, which was the one we're trying to forget. Yeah. I mean, you well, know? I don't know. I think I'm trying to forget all of them except for maybe First Class. And even I'm still trying to forget like a quarter of First Class. I'm doing a good job at that. I have a lot of high, high feelings towards First Class because I don't remember the bad parts. Um, also, how, why is Wolverine sick? Uh, adamantium poisoning. But that doesn't happen to Wolverine. It's happened in the comics once. In what? In the, twice. But what was the case? Was he depowered? I think he was. I think it's healing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He, I mean, he's not depowered. He just he doesn't heal as fast as before. Right. Which it doesn't make sense. No, I mean, not I to Wolverine. Like, not if you know Wolverine. No, I agree with you. It's like, I don't think anybody that made these movies knows Wolverine. <laughs> oh, clearly not. Um, they, I mean, they, they saw X-23, and yeah, they can, you know, oh, let's use X-23. Uh, here's a comic. Maybe you should look up where, how she came to be. No, nah, it's okay. We got it. You know? Yeah, it's his that's daughter. Probably, that's all we need to know. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Um... Professor X with Alzheimer's, like, yeah, anything, you know, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, I'm a big advocate for, uh, for people knowing about it and trying to force our government to, to find a cure for that because they can, uh-huh. or at least some suitable, uh, treatment. Um, but yeah, that was, it was kind of cool, but it wasn't necessary. I mean, I, we didn't need Professor X in this movie at all, right? And and I like the, like I like that they kind of tried to link it to, um, like how he like hit the power he had in like the original movie where he was like making everybody freeze in place, and so it was kind of like a messed up yeah. version of that. Like I like that as a concept i i've never liked the concept of yeah. him freezing everybody in place because i'm like i don't feel like that's not how his powers really work but i mean I guess, no. I guess technically he maybe could do that but why would he like it doesn't make well, sense it, it's even like all he would do is everything would happen then he would just wipe their brains when he was done right or or in the sense that freezing is that time that he took off but it was never explained that way, and people, I think other people interpreted it as he's just freezing time. Yeah, but uh, but that's, I mean, that's what's happening, though. Like, or not freezing time, but freezing all the people in the room and place. Right. Because when the people that he doesn't freeze, they look around at everybody like, Why, what's happening? You know, like, so yeah. it, it is him holding them in place. But in the other ones, it was like freezing time because, like, a fan would stop running. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so like, it's almost like it, it's just a way of showing you that it's a piece of time that he erased or something. And that and That's how I took it, but maybe I was inferring a little too much. But, yeah, in this one, it's like, oh, yeah, he's giving everybody the, the shits. 
Because, yeah. like, everybody looked like how I looked when I had diarrhea. <laughs> and then you have it so that... It's like... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like everybody had the face, like, when I realized that this vegan pizza isn't vegan. Uh, my stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was going to say that, and then they make it so that Wolverine... And X-23, because she's related to him, feel it less, which is weird. Like, that just doesn't even make yeah. sense. Like, if it's about the brain, then it should affect them. Well, it's uh, their adamantium-coated skull. Because remember, it's, metal actually, I actually have his power. I have the logical explanation in relation to Wolverine, for one, but not the little girl. Um, Wolverine has built up psychic resistance because part of his healing factor, the part of the brain that gets damaged by being you know, psychically or tele telepathically manipulated, his healing factor built uh, resistance to that because of him going through that. And then him getting hit. Scarring. Yeah, and then his, like, all the implanted memories and stuff. And, you know, people forget about the implanted memories. Um, but yeah, all the, the the tampering with his memories and shit uh -huh. has left his brain uh, more resistant to psychic tampering. So he's got like psychic star, scar tissue. I know it sounds like tactile telekinesis, but yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's fair. I see where you're coming from with that. I mean, that, that's how I can explain him being resistant to Xavier's thing. Like, yeah. that's what happened in the comics. But, yeah. And, I, yeah, I don't get how the adamantium bullet blew out young Berserk Wolverine's brains, but only gave him amnesia in the first movie. <laughs> well, it's because X-23 wasn't there to shoot it. I yeah. it is. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, they should literally. I wish they could just brought um, the Scarlet Witch in this movie, so she could just be like, "No more Brian Singer X Men movies," <laughs> you know? and then boom, done. I'll take it. Legion, on the other hand, is amazing. I still haven't watched any more of it. Yeah, that, um, they're a little, a little tricky getting into because of he doesn't know that he has powers. Like, he's been told his whole life he's sick and, you know, he's just crazy. And then now it's really getting there. And it doesn't feel like Legion, but it feels like a better, darker X-Men story that I wish Wait, I would have gotten in the comics. So he... He still doesn't know because I thought they told him like in the. So they told him, and they, you know they're working towards it. But like the first three episodes are that. Um, I'm a little behind, but I actually heard from somebody that the most recent episode reduces the whole series and and makes you it. It's like the payoff for putting up with the first few episodes, where it's like, like I didn't feel they were slow. Granted, you know. I'm in an altered state when I watch them, so. <laughs> um, 
but I I do I did have a lot of complaints from people at the shop where it's like, well, yeah, the the show is a little slow, which is how you know. FX, what they do is give people creative control. So if you want to tell a story where everything take the whole scene, the whole first season takes place within ten minutes, like do it, you know, if it's for the betterment of the story. And they'll do a thing where they're like, even though the numbers aren't that great for the first season, they'll renew it for a second one. Or, you know, they, they do things with other people where they give them like a 90-episode deal right off the bat. Man. So it's like you have 90 episodes to make this a hit, so you get to your 100 and then you syndicate it, you know? So they did that with Charlie Sheen. Like his epi- his contract had ninety episodes. He was a- he had a ninety episode deal. I watched every one of those goddamn episodes too. Really, the anger management? Yeah, I felt like after a while, I just felt like I had to. Look, th- th- after a while, they felt like they just had to put him out. <laughs> I don't think it even got to the ninetieth episode, but he got paid for ninety episodes. I just I just like watching that Indian girl they had on there. Yeah. She's the girl from um, R.J. Burger too. I don't know what that is. Oh, you know what it is. Yeah, the good show with the guy, the kid with the large penis. No, you don't, Larry. You don't explain it to him. Let me explain. No, I'm not taking another new show no. from you. I damn near cut myself. Yeah. On the, no. on the magicians, I had to watch Powerless to to take take me off the ledge. Magicians was great though, right? Oh my god! They make you laugh, you didn't explain and, it. and then and then they make you want to kill yourself. Well, hey, you better look. You better laugh more and try to kill yourself less. Like, there's one episode where where homegirl, like, they get kidnapped, and she's like, she's the dude's like, well, if you marry me, I'll let you go. And she's like, fuck you. And then ten minutes later, she's fucking him. And then ten minutes after that, hey, we're going to war because fuck your people. <laughs> and that's all like one episode, and that's just one of the characters in it. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> They're got shit in. The- oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our, the the hard times of R.J. Burger is like the Wonder Years, but with the super bad feel. No, not gonna watch it. Oh, you'll love it. No, I already got my Harry Potter Narnia. <laughs> and but then uh, in the R.J. Burger, whenever they do like a flashback to what happened, they have like one of the cool directors from Liquid Television to animate it. What's it called? Is R.J. Burger? The Hard Time of R.J. It's a great show. I told you all to watch it when it came on. Yeah, but you don't know how to explain it. You didn't tell me. This is the first I'm hearing of it. No, you were there. It might have been when Oz quit the show for a little bit. Because he, he had oh, to it's, work. It's, it's that old? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like 2009 or something. Oh, so, I'm not going to go watch 2009. That, <laughs> you should watch it. As but yeah, school. all in all, back to Logan. Uh, you know, you could watch it. You could believe the hype that it's 92 percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah I mean the random person will like it but I can like it yeah yeah, it's great if you don't 
read comics. Yeah. yeah. And and if you're like that's the thing, what I realize is that the standard for these movies is like the Wolverine. Because that was like the good one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and you know, as far as Wolverine doing what he does best, like that's it. You know? Even though he didn't kill anybody. No. You know, but you know, in the comic I the, I saw like I saw this as a rated R movie, and it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Wolverine has to kill and stuff. I get it, but in the comics, they shied away from it too, like that, like they did in the second one. So for me, like the second one felt more like the comics than the third one. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. The closest you get to the comics is probably the Wolverine. But it just, you know, I, I just feel like all these movies don't quite do anything right. And it's sad to say because in th- there there was probably a world where I would have really enjoyed, well, maybe not really enjoyed, but enjoyed mo- the, the Wolverine movie a lot more. But that's a world before Marvel Studios, I think. Like after Marvel Studios, it's kind of like, Nope, like we can use the source material and it can be good. Yeah, that's why hope, Legion is my hope. Because as unlegion y as it is, it's still Marvel Television doing it. And they're going to sneak their way into getting fucking X Men back, I think. I mean, at some point, it's probably just not going to be worth worth Fox's time to keep holding on to it, but I don't know if that's going to, that seems to me like it'll be something that happens It's like, they were bragging about the numbers for Wolverine for Logan. Yeah. And it's like, those numbers, like, didn't, like, Guardians do more than that? Yeah, but they they give it the asterisks of being a rated R movie. And also, I think the time that it, it releases, too, right? Yeah. Because no, we're not in the blockbuster time yet. Right. So, you know, it does it does its thing. But so, do it do better than Man of Steel? Because Man, I mean, not Man of Steel, the Dawn of Justice, because they didn't come out the same weekend, but last year? But it wasn't rated R. Uh... I'm sure it didn't do better than Dawn of Justice, no. Because Dawn of Justice is still Batman and Superman together, so. No, I I get it, but you know, I'm 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 just now starting to get it from people where it's like, yeah, that you know, in hindsight, that wasn't a good movie. I'm like, bitch, I've been telling you it wasn't a good movie. It's <laughs> a great movie. Oh, boo, Oz, boo. Oz is the Larry of DC. No, he's not. He's not. He's something else. He's like, look, trust me. I know when Marvel does bad things. Ugh. I tell you, but yeah. So I don't know, man. Logan, it's like, it's unfortunate because as an X-Men fan, I've really been waiting for them to knock an X-Men movie out the park for a while. And, you know, they seem intent on moving away from all the things that really make X-Men X-Men. But, you know, maybe this, uh, 
this gifted TV show might have some potential to it. Who knows? Well, I'm telling you, man, Lo- uh, Legion. I mean, I'll, like, I'll definitely go back to Legion and and see. They literally, like, look. Like, I know the the notion of Le- uh, you know Legion's sister being kidnapped by the government that's trying to control Legion doesn't sound good to you, but they're literally like torturing this girl, and he's feeling it because he's you know he's reaching out to her psychically to try to find her. So, but it's taken him a long time. So every time he's like reaching out to like feel her her psychic energy he's watching them torture her uh by the way real quick logan is about half of what don justice did yeah all right so yeah so i shouldn't be like all fucking oh i made this much money like i want to be bragging about the numbers yeah i mean and i'm talking weekend for weekend you know the yeah. We're going to open at 88, Don Justice at 166. So it's almost exactly half. I, yeah, I just, I, I don't think it's fair to compare the two. I think it is fair. I mean, it's it's literally the two most iconic superheroes in the history of the world. Yeah, but Wolverine, like, Wolverine is primed. To, for people to like flock to this, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it, it's everybody that is, is is shitting out kids right now. Watch the '90s cartoon. So what? So that means that that's a whole family worth of tickets. Well, not necessarily. It's rated R. People don't care. Come on. Yeah, if there's not if there's not two people boning, people don't care. Yeah, if it's if it's R for violence, they're all for it. I don't know. Maybe like in this day, even if they're fucking, they're just happy it's a man and a woman fucking. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a whole section of Middle America that's not taking their children to go see a rated nah, movie. Look, look, I, as, as a person Middle America living, is the people that are taking their kids to see As it. a person living in Middle America, he's trying to get the kids out the house. Yeah, not only that, but the, the kids already deal with violence in every day. Like, they, they teach their kids how to use guns. They teach their kids how to gut animals. Like, it's not blood and fighting and shit isn't, isn't what they're worried about in movies. They're worried about, you know, liberal Hollywood putting in their agenda. That's what they don't like. Okay. Hey. Oh, this one, this one dude, like literally, he there was a wolf outside his house. He shot at it, missed, and he said he felt bad because he wanted his kids to see something die. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. That that wasn't even a joke. That that's literally what he said. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds you know, I've heard a a Middle America comedian talk about that because of his you know he tried to kill a possum on the street. All I know is that you could probably take half the dudes that have a tattoo, and probably half of those dudes have a Batman and or a Superman tattoo on them. But nobody, I mean, you know, like, you got to go real deep to find the dude with the Wolverine tattoo. Like, that's the level of difference we're talking about in these characters. Yeah. Like, 
It's not that. I don't have to go. Yeah, I do believe. I think there's a lot of Wolverine tattoos out there. Look, type plot. I know you're listening. Do a Google search. Superman tattoo, Batman tattoo, and Wolverine tattoo. And see what are the first five that come up. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure that there are people with Wolverine tattoos. In fact, I've probably seen one guy with at least yeah, one. Yeah, you've seen one guy. Yeah, with a Wolverine tattoo. But I had a friend that I showed you his tattoo. Yeah, but, but I, I Googled Wolverine tattoo, and there's a lot of Hugh Jackman out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, let me get that photorealistic uh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine tattoo. <laughs> That's uh, so messed up. I ever heard. I know, right? Like, why, why are you doing that? Like, I know I want a Wolverine tattoo myself, but I'm getting a, a, a text tattoo. You know what I mean? A text tattoo? Yeah, no, X, T-E-X. Oh, got you. Not Texera. Got you, yeah. The famous ghostwriter and Wolverine artist. But, yeah, I mean... Ooh, I maybe I should get a Muslim Wolverine art. <laughs> All right, now this is a whole other show. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, so I, yeah, I, I can I don't think you can compare the numbers. But Wolverine, Wolverine did did its thing. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because um, like this kind of this kind of delves into other news uh, in regards to to movies or whatnot. But um, you know, they they announced that they're doing this Matrix reboot. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, there's mixed reaction to that. Some people are like, I'm all for it. And other people are like, uh, who's all for it? Uh, I mean, I've seen plenty of people. I, I know personally, I don't have a problem with it at all. Like, I feel like, <laughs> no, like, why, why, why would I have a problem with a Matrix reboot? Like, the, the original is, I think, a great film and it's, it's classic. But then it's followed by two other movies that probably should have just been one movie. It's like the Matrix feels well, like. Yeah, I do consider it one movie because yeah. I hated the second one, but I love the third one. <laughs> yeah, it it should it should have been one movie, but you know somebody got liberal with in the in the editing bay, and so, um, it, it's like and it's not I like all the movies like don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not knocking any of the Matrix movies but the the la- the latter two are not as good as the first one. And they've already come out and said that it's not a remake. Like, they're not going to remake the, the Matrix movies over again. They're, they're actually going to tell other stories, like, in that universe. In that universe? Okay. Uh-huh. I'm so, all for that, then. Like yeah. that animated joint. Yeah, like the Animatrix. Right, right. So, uh, or the video games. Right. Right. So... Yeah, like, I love that. I, I want them. I, I actually do want more Matrix. Mm-hmm. But even if they were gonna remake them, it's like I wouldn't no. have a problem with that. I don't. It's like I don't. I don't feel like it's the kind of. Uh, there are very few movies, I guess, that I feel like. Oh, like there's. You're not gonna make a better version of that. So why even do it? But even if I did, they can make like, a better version in the of the first Matrix. Is it they're not? They can't. They could. How? I don't know. What would you do, Larry, to make it better? You ha- you seem to... I don't know. You're clamoring for this uh, reimagining. 
I'm I'm not clamoring for it. I'm just saying I don't have a problem with somebody trying it. I don't I don't feel like there's no like I don't feel like a better version of the first Matrix movie is unattainable. I I you know and I, it's not because that I'm saying it's not good because I think it it's great. It is a really good movie, but you know, who knows? Like I I could totally see somebody making a different version of that same story, and that version be equal to the original. But I I actually only bring it up because um, you know, like we, we you know we were talking about. The Wolverine movie, and you know, they've, this is obviously like Hugh Jackman reprising this role for the whatever time, what sixth, seventh time, I don't know, fifteenth um, time. Uh, oh, oh, wow, it's crazy. Look, but the fact is, um, somebody was making uh, a comparison, and they were like, "Listen, like, you had a movie like Get Out that had like, I think they said it was like." Uh, five million dollar budget or maybe it was like a 15 million dollar budget and it made like a hundred and something whatever millions of dollars in the yeah. end and you know meanwhile warner brothers is trying to do a matrix reboot and they're like dude just spend that money on new ideas and you know there's something i i, I could see that but, well that's that's the problem with them if a major studio spends money on new ideas you lose that little gr- bit of grit and balls in the new ideas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could. Like you don't get you don't get a menace to society or a boy in the hood with like major studio backing. Well, but you could you could get the like well. You could if the studios would just let people do their thing. No, that's that's the thing. Studios have too much to lose to let people do their thing. Well, you know that that's why Get Out is good because Blumhouse says Blumhouse is now is I considered a major studio, right? Because of the, the amount of stuff they put out. Right. At the end of the day, Blumhouse was a dude with just fucking whatever it was before the GoPro in a house saying, I can make a horror movie with just this. Right. So that dude, as much as I hate his punk ass, <laughs> says, you know, here, M. Night Shyamalan, do your off, off, uh, off-the-cuff sequel for, for Unbreakable. Boom, here. You know, uh, Insidious, you know, guys from Saw, you want to make something? Okay, make Insidious. You know, uh, Jordan Peele from a comedy show. You want to make a horror movie? All right, here, you do it, you know? Like, it's a dude that became a major studio, essentially, doing, you know, he he funded a trip to Chernobyl (laughs) to make a horror movie. Right. You know? Like, it's a dude that doesn't have, he's not tainted by a board of directors on how to spend his money. Right, but here's the thing, though. The, the studios have so much to lose because they're putting 100, 150, 200 million dollars behind a movie. And it's like, you don't have to do that with a new idea, especially with somebody that might be talented but, be, but relatively unknown. You give them their 10 million and you see, you make a gamble. And it's like 10 million to, to a Warner Brothers? That's not, that's nothing. 
Yeah, that's not. I mean, I, I see like how you would see that, Larry. But that's not how you get a a, uh, a studio with a with a big board of the re- directors. Like you can't get a big studio to see that. Like I you just can't. There, there's there's too many people with their hand in the pot. Yeah. Hey. I mean. And, and you know you can you look at you know uh, a movie like what was it the the Kevin Smith cop movie. Uh, like that. Okay. The one with Bruce Willis. Oh, cop uh, out. Yeah, like you see that they got a guy with, with you know that could do a fresh take on a major movie, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we can't, we can't fuck with this. We can't do you know like, then a bunch of people start putting input. People that you're like, I don't know you. Oh yeah, yeah, but I you know I invested this much in this you know. Right. And now they have a say. So it's, I, you know, being a fan of independent movies of the 90s and early 2000s, like, yeah, let the studios remake that and let Bloomhouse make fucking Get Out 2. Let them have that franchise. I'd rather see, you know, the little guys make more money per capita, per film, than Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers was like shitting itself when they got they got when they finished all the Harry Potters, and I love to see that. <laughs> you know, on the other, on the other side of that, we get shitty fucking Superman movies, but fuck them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well. But it's like we'll probably, but you know, it, there's a better chance of Blue House making a a fucking awesome Invincible movie now because of that, you know? That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's like they're, they're, the the smaller studios are getting a little more leverage because the game has changed a little bit. The studio system isn't, you know, it isn't what it was when Cecil B. DeMille was putting out the, the fucking flicks, you know? And then in the 90s, it was changing a little more, and now it's really changed. Like, you, you can release a movie on YouTube and make fucking blockbuster money, you That's know? That's true. If it's done right. That's true. If it's the right movie, if it's the right people if it's the right marketing yeah. you know doesn't matter how many how much money the studio puts in it did i mention to you to you guys that invincible is ending yeah we talked about it heavily okay. did i mention to you that there's some awesome ass invincible action figures by mcfarlane toys no is that new yeah it came they came out i think they just they just went on sale last week and, you know, they had Invincible, regular, and then they have the Bloody Variant. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They both come with interchangeable hands. That's awesome. Yeah. I want some, even though I haven't read Invincible like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well. Too bad for the studios. <laughs> or the, yeah, too fuck bad. the studios, really. Like, honestly, fuck the studios. Because they're the ones that, that are, you know, I don't want to sound too, too liberal media here, but <laughs> they're really the ones keeping people divided and shit anyway with the shit they put out. I hear you. You know? So it's like, if something like, like Get Out can make a ton of money and make waves, 
because that shit had as much buzz. You know, I you know, I consider myself on the ground level. I I see I cut people's hair from all walks of life and uh, different type of criminal records, mm-hmm. and they have shit to say about the movies that come out. Right. Apparently not and, all political affiliations, though. I mean, only by my personal choice. I mean, other people do cut Trump supporters' hairs. I actually have a guy that keeps coming to me after we had a big Trump fight while I was, like, holding a razor blade to his neck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, in Spanish, we have a saying, le gusta la mala vida. Which is like, you know, like a, a beaten wife. Like, she just stays with the dude. Like, he keeps coming back. But now he won't talk to me at all while I'm cutting his hair. <laughs> it's like, he didn't like my opinions on, like, transgender bathrooms. He didn't like my opinions on... <laughs> he didn't like my opinions on Trump. He didn't like my opinions on Planned Parenthood. <laughs> but he still gets his hair cut. <laughs> he's, he's a once-a-week guy. Wow. And he still tips. Good stuff. What? Once a week? Yeah. You got to keep the fish, the fade fresh, man. Yeah, I, look, I would get my hair cut once a week if I could manage my time well enough. Yeah. Well, this guy, he, he's a Salvadorian dude. So out of touch with immigration issues. Really? He's a big Trump supporter. Wow, that's crazy. Hey. Yeah, it, it, that's why I was so insulted and so angry. I was like, you should know better. Like, <laughs> you know, his dad's a pastor, so he doesn't have to work for a living. So, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay. And some notes from the underground by Moses Michael. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, that being said, like, all that, all this to say, like I heard a lot of buzz from from Get Out. Like people were really into it, and it's it's. I'm a big fan of horror where there's another person, you know. Like the people that are worse and unknown are the people that can live right next door to you, right? Yeah, you know? and Get Out taps into that. So once when I, once I saw the like the the first like teaser trailer, I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be the greatest shit ever for me. Like, I'm going to love it. Because it's like, I know a lot of people are complaining because it's like, oh, the white people are evil and all this. But it's like, you watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and white people are evil in that too. <laughs> you know, it just happens that the, the guy that's, you know, dealing with the bad people is a black guy and he's not, he doesn't die in the first 10 minutes. Right. You know? Right. It makes it an innovative, you know, it's not that innovative of a, of a horror movie, but yeah. Yeah, it's just this perspective has shifted. Oh, yeah. And, and I love that. That's what keeps it fresh. Like, you know, horror, horror is one of those genres that could always use a breath of fresh air in it. Because there's so many tropes and so many, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word, Larry? Con- conventions? Conventions, yeah. And uh, tropes, mm-hmm. cliches, you know, so changing it up a bit, it always makes it a better movie for that. Yeah. I just hope that starts taking horror away from just being freaking murder porn. I mean, I'm not mad at that concept. Like, 
Well, the, the, again, kudos to you know. I hate Jason Bloom, but Bloomhouse, yeah. He, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. A good slasher film every now and then is cool. I, you know, I'd like the Friday the Thirteenth and all that shit. But you can't yeah. make every movie a slasher film. No, totally. But uh, yeah, Bloomhouse does definitely like it. Makes it take a lot of the movies coming out of Bloomhouse did really kind of take horror back to more of the psychological part of it. Which is like the scariest part, yeah. Word. Word. Like I'd love to see Bloomhouse do a, like a remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Well, The Hills Have Eyes too. Because because you can't improve the first one. <laughs> well, they made they remade the first one, and that like that remake I don't think you can you can improve on. I think that was perfect. It was great. What was the what was the first one? What was the remake of the first one called? The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because the the original Hills Have Eyes was a, a older movie. Yeah, it was an older movie, and then they made The Hills Have Eyes, and then they remade The Hills Have Eyes. Two, but it was like brought from. Uh, I guess. It was spawned from the what happened in the first one, so they kind of like watered that down and kind of made it all cliche stuff too. Mm. And then, got it. It's like, yeah, I remember coming out of the second one and like I felt a little more racist than I usually do feel, because <laughs> a bunch of black kids went to see the movie and were talking through it. Oh, that's not fun. Well, it's a testament to the movie because I've seen other movies with a bunch of black people in the theater and the quality of the movie was so good that, you know, they shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like black people will be quiet in good movies is what you're saying? <laughs> in the village. No, man. In Signs, the village. Like everybody shits on the village, but I was actually in the theater opening weekend in the village. Yeah. People were still scared of that cosplay motherfucker. Oh yeah, no, the village. village even after they knew, even after they knew that he was a dude in costume. Yeah, no, the village was a much better movie than people give it credit for. Yeah. So, um, you folks want to do? You want to talk about some comics before we do some news? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome, awesome. Um. Well. I know that I've been reading Inhumans vs. X-Men, which, for those that don't know, was one of the crossover events Marvel was doing. It finished last week. It was six issues. Uh, of course, the last issue was a little bit late. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, and it's exactly what it says. It is pitting the Inhumans as a group versus the X-Men as a group. They were fighting over the fact that that the Terrigen Cloud that Black Bolt had released during Infinity was basically permeating throughout the world, and the Terrigen Mist, for some reason, was making mutants sick. And so it kind of became a us or them type scenario for the for the mutants, and the X Men were taking it upon themselves to try to, or some of the X Men, I guess I should say, taking it upon themselves to try to fight for the survival of their species 
Um, and so are you doing a review on the whole series, or are you just like I'm, giving I'm, us a, a a fan's eye view of what it was? Yeah, I'm 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 kind of doing uh, an overview of it. Like I'm not I'm definitely not reviewing all, each like all six issues at once by any means. Right. But but definitely yeah, doing like a kind of an overview of the of the my thoughts on it. And cool. I will say I like uh huh. No, I like that. Yeah. That's a good Yeah. And I will say that, you know, I mean, Marvel crossovers generally speaking have been kinda rough lately. Like they all the concepts are pretty good, but sometimes the execution leaves a little bit to be desired, especially at the end. But I will say, man, I was really satisfied with Inhumans versus X Men. Like it really delivered at the end. Which I was shocked by because I was waiting for it to sputter and it, it kinda took it up a notch. Um and you know, I don't wanna I definitely don't wanna like actually just flat out tell people how it ended because you might wanna go out and read it. Um it's not without its flaws because <laughs> it is um a lot of a lot of uh characters and a lot of moving parts and all that jazz but i'll say that <laughs> is that a tractor or someone's stomach no <laughs> i will say that um it's like the 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 characters they do decide to use and the ones that kind of come to the to the forefront were interesting and like they there were definitely some moments where i was just like like this is actually kind of kick ass and i like how there's even a distinction kind of between the the old school and the new school representation of both of those groups. Because obviously, like, you know, if you're a part of the inhuman royal family or a, a, a person that grew up in Adelon, that's a whole different perspective than somebody that just became a inhuman, like, a month or a year ago that like maybe just is just getting in on the whole concept of being an inhuman and the same thing with the x-men where it's like if you're a newer mutant and have only been at the school or have only been you know um all you've known as far as being a mutant is having to to dodge this cloud your experience of what it means to be a mutant and your thoughts toward the humans might be different than if you're an OG X-Man that has like fought with the Inhumans on a number of different occasions and you know visit them on the moon back in the day and all that jazz. Look, you you might have dated one of the one of one of the Queen's sisters, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the Queen's sister. Like so it was yeah, it was a good series. And I'm like I I'm excited for the whole resurrection thing because there's some stuff that happens that did kind of change the whole the whole dynamic for not only for the for the X-Men but but for the Inhumans. And I didn't think that you know I mean they always say oh there's going to be ramifications that are going to rock the entire the entire uh world of these characters and you know sometimes it's like okay yeah that rocked their world a little bit or like okay yeah they'll have to deal with that but It'll probably be back to the way it was pretty soon. But the stuff that happens at the end of IVX is like, yeah, like that's 
that's a decision worth making. Like that that's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next. So I definitely would recommend it uh uh reading in humans versus X Men if you like either of those characters. Um it's pretty self contained, so you can probably yeah, you can pretty much enjoy it, even though I do think that the the tie-ins that were well, I should say the tie-ins that were in the human series and the tie-ins that were in the like the main X books are are worth uh, checking out. N- don't mess with like the Deadpool or I don't think w- the Wolverine books had one, but yeah, don't mess with those ones. But if you're talking about like un- Uncanny Inhumans or All New Inhumans or All New X Men or uh, uh, uncanny X-Men, like those are books that are worth picking up the crossover issues for, if you want to, if you want to expand on the story. But if you don't, you can buy those six issues. You'll know what's going on, and uh, you'll be pretty much primed and ready for Resurrection, which is gonna give us new Inhuman and X-Men books. The end. Based on what you've seen, how excited are you for the Inhumans TV series? I am. I'm actually pretty pretty excited for the Inhumans TV series. Like, I think they're gonna get a lot of things right. Not everything, obviously, but I like honestly, just the the casting of Maximus alone makes me feel like they're dialed into that that character and the characters that are surrounding him in a way that uh, it, it seems very promising. Obviously, it's like you, you never know until it actually airs, but yeah, like I think like that Maximus, I feel like that, that dude as Maximus might make the whole show. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I saw the, the, the Black Bolt costume, I was a little... Mm. You know, but um, I did see Lockjaw in the green screen thing yeah. behind them, so it's like, well, if they're putting that much like care into what right. Lockjaw looks like, right? I can, I I can be okay with a Matrix stuff like Black Bolt, like uh, you know, no no mask, but the the trench coat thingy, you know, right, and. You know, I mean, it might be a thing where, you know, reading in human comic books, I've gotten used to the idea that, you know, Black Bolt isn't always in you know, yeah. a classic kind of outfit. And that's something that they've been doing for a while now where, you know. Yeah, that that's that's part of my, you know, my fault because, you know, I only read in humans back in, in Paul Jenkins time. Yeah, that's a great series. And. And before that, you know, right. the only thing I read after that was probably like Earth X with Black Bolt with no face at all. Like, right. you know, he had more of the Dark Hawk look. Right, right. Yeah, so, and I love that. I love, like, he can't speak, so you can't see any expression in his face. Right. But um, but that's just me, you know. Yeah, no. Uh, but seeing, seeing him not being able to speak and actually have expression in his face. Might be something cool for TV, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'll. I mean, it'll be nice if he does rock the mask, the full mask, 
every so often. Yeah. Um, you know. Or at least the tuning fork. Definitely the tuning fork. Like, I'll like t- if I, that was just part of his body, <laughs> I'd be okay. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I just want it to be like sticking out of his head randomly, but yeah, like if he does like the the little like tiara joint with it in the middle, I won't be mad at that at all. Uh, uh, tuning fork is just gonna be a little, a little gray in the on the head in the costume. You said, oh, it's gonna be a little gray on the head. You said, yeah, it's gonna be like a little gray line. That's going to kind of look like a tuning fork. No. I hope that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, I, I'm hoping that that show is going to be good. Because I, I, I would like uh, there to be a cool representation for the Inhumans uh, royal family. Didn't they... Like, they, uh, they showed who they cast for Karnak the other day, right? Damn it, who I haven't seen it. No, there was. They did. A, they. I, I think they did. I feel like that. It very well may have happened. Um. Over this past week, hold on. Let's see if I could find it. But. Um. I was like, that actually, like, is not. It's not. Um. Where I would have went first, but. It's it's not a bad it's not a bad pick. It's a uh, um Ken Loom, the dude from Lost. Oh. Yeah, that's not a bad pick at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was if yeah. I respect he was one of the t- the tailies, right? Like he actually look he looks like Karnak. <laughs> Without a helmet? Like I feel like that's what Karnak would look like. That's funny. They have the same jawline, <laughs> yeah. Because Karnak, Karnak doesn't have a strong jawline. No. But this guy actually has a stronger jawline for that type of character. Yeah. I so think... he could actually be, like, to me, that would probably make a better Karnak. A Karnak, live-action Karnak with a, a strong jawline would probably work. Uh, may, maybe so. Plus, he's a good actor. He is a good actor. And I think yeah. that... Uh... Like he could play a white man, in the, you know. He could play a white in a movie. man. I don't know about that one. You think so? No, nah, I mean, yeah, you put him as a, you know, not like a Von Strucker type of guy, but if you put him as one of the, uh, you know, like a, a Rick Jones type of character or something, something ancillary in a superhero movie that was meant to be a white guy, like he would do a great job. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're probably right. He he, he could pull it off. Nobody's going to be like, who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah. Moses, why don't you talk to us about uh, about Man-Thing? Uh oh, you still there? Are you gone? Oh, maybe so. Hold on. That's wild. Like, yeah, I guess we'll be back in a second. <laughs> the timing was impeccable. Do you think? Do you think Black Bolt's not gonna talk? I feel like in... they're they're gonna figure out a convention so that he can talk. <laughs> 
periodically. So, like... Is there a telepath on the team? I mean, there's there's not a, a, an outright telepath in the Inhuman Royal family. But, you know, when you're talking about Inhumans, I mean, ter- Terragenesis makes anything, like, what, uh, you know, uh, any power, like, one one exposure away, you know? But... I think okay, so they'll probably have a telepath that'll translate like Raj and Big Bang. Well, here's the thing. That's hilarious. Here's the thing. I mean, the like Medusa and he have a a, a psychic rapport, you know. Like that's why she speaks for him. And so, I would not be surprised if they have like some kind of thing where either. Maybe they go into her head so that you could see them having the conversations. Or, um, you know, maybe they come up with some kind of place or something where, where he can, you know, like maybe he can speak but only in there. You know, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that, or even if they maybe they just go directly into his head, and you know, maybe he just talk. Maybe he'll just talk to the audience sometimes, <laughs> In, into the camera of life. Yeah, you don't get that actor and not have him say something. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised. But look, if they don't have him speak. That would be amazing. Like, <laughs> like if you just don't ever hear him talk, and so, um, well, or or you know what? I mean, what they could do is like what they do in the comic books, and like he he like only speaks every so often when he has to use his power, and sometimes like it makes what he says that much more important. Like, cause. He'll just some every so often he'll whisper a word or a sentence, but not much more than that because obviously, it's his, the power is like really destructive. But, but you know, it, it, that would be really cool because when he does speak, it'll be like oh my god, like you know. But we'll see how they decide to do it. Like, ideally, I would say the best the best way to do it would be to let him um, only only speak what, when he's using his power periodically because that would be the 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 most impactful why does the dog have the tuning fork i mean there's no good i know i know why black bolt has it i don't know why the dog has it I, why does black bolt have it it's to help him focus his power or something like that. I mean, I know that he like he does he can focus energy through it, but it's not really the. Focus. No, it, it's something about helping him control it. But I don't know why the dog has it. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know that. I don't know. I, I don't know that the tuning fork helps him control his powers. I don't know why Lockjaw has a tuning fork on his head either. Like it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. So, I mean, or I guess uh, as much sense 
as you try to glean from the idea of a giant dog that can teleport, right? I mean, it's like, it turns out the tuning fork on his head is not the strangest thing about Lockjaw, <laughs> right? It kind of is. It's like, no, no, that's it. That's funny. I mean, it's because because he's a he's all animal with a metallic fork sticking out of his head for no reason. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess I guess I'm feeling like the fact that it's a dog that teleports. Cause I'm like I don't even know why Lockjaw has that power. Like I don't know if it will. He used to be a person that turned into a dog coming out of Terra Genesis. Or if, but would Terra Genesis make him huge too? I mean, it could. Like Terra Genesis is really unpredictable. It could basically turn yeah. into anything. Terra Genesis. Why does Lockjaw have a tuning fork? Well, um, that's a Kirbyism. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. like uh, Lockjaw. Basically, what well, if you, you know now it might be a little different with Inhumans versus X Men, but if you look at um, old school Jack Kirby Inhumans comic, basically what happened was the Kree experimented on early Neanderthal man. Yeah, that's true. And it created different um, uh, because you know if you watch Ancient Aliens, Kirbyism makes a lot of sense. Um, because it's basically they, they experimented on the different branches like Homo sapien, Homo erectus, you know, all that shit. Right. And uh, you get the deviants, you get the inhumans, and you get the eternals, and then you get just regular ass evolved humans, like from the Adam and Eve point, and you, they get, they have the terrigenesis gene built into them, that's why you know, Spider-Man getting bitten by the radioactive spider. It does, if somebody else, well, I still got bitten too, but if somebody else were to get bitten by it, that same spider, it wouldn't react the same way. They wouldn't get powers. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, what the, the, that spider bite was the, the catalyst of the back in his genetic code getting... His way back ancestors, Terragenesis side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, but the so, tuning fork. Well, and that's what I'm saying. So when it came to Inhumans, um, Lockjaw and Blackpool had some sort of link back in the day. Like, it's not like he spoke through them, but he usually one of the one person that could kind of you know, like, when you have your main dog that gets you, like, that's how he is. So, the way to show that artistically was the tuning fork. <laughs> like, after so long, the dog, your your pet start to look your owners. No, it's just they had this, the similar effect by, you know, Lockjaw can technically hear him when he speaks without having his brain blown out. And the tuning fork lets you know that he can do that. Because it kind of like the two four picks up that frequency, not his ears. You know what I mean? That's fair. Like all, all things I didn't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's all in the the liner notes. Well, look, I'm talking to like it's an amazing album from the '70s, but the 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 back notes or indexes of Earth X will tell you that. Word. Uh, I'm looking in the chat. I see Hex says, "So Black Bolt's like a super silent Bob without the fat." Uh, yes, yes, He's and like, without the insight. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't like talk and change somebody's life. He just ends it. It's because he would kill them, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like he doesn't say anything. Like Joe, when Joe stays quiet and then he says something, what he says is usually pertinent to what you're saying and gives you some insight. Right. Unless he's drunk. That, yeah. That's a whole other show. So we're not doing interventions here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's Black Bolt doesn't do that. Like he doesn't wait to speak. He just can't speak because you can't hear it. If you do, you die. Basically, yeah. I, I guess I guess I would say like he would get, he has the insight, but he can't give it to you. <laughs> Yeah, because it would kill you. Um. So yeah, yeah. You know the the other awesome thing about Karnak, and which I'm hoping they'll feature in that show too, is you know Karnak doesn't didn't go through Terra Genesis. And, and no. Yeah, like he he he. Uh, I I don't remember if it's, if it's his, I'm pretty sure it was his parents. Didn't like chose for him not to go through it, and so like his ability to see the weakness in all things is a honed skill. So yeah, I'm like, like I just want them to like mention that. Like it doesn't have to be like a big plot point. But just the yeah. fact that they would, you know, acknowledge that that is the case would be awesome. Because oh. kind of kicks butt for that. Um. So Mo, let's talk about let's talk about Man Thing number one. All right. So Man Thing number one. I don't know exactly when it came out. I found it on my comicsology list today, so I bought it. Huzzah. Yeah, but it's uh, written by R.L. Stein, right. which is like, if you were, you know, an adolescent in the 90s, you love R.L. Stein, even if you're illiterate. <laughs> even if you're illiterate? Yeah, because, I mean, he had the TV show, the Goosebumps TV show. Word. Which, you know, I, I love, I mean, look, I spent a good chunk of time talking about loving horror earlier today. Right. R.L. Stein was like kids' tales from the crypt, you know what I mean? Yeah. The TV show, at least. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> him tackling Man-Thing was a, a little bit of a, a moment of, like, for me, like, I think I want to read that, you know? And it's weird because from caption one, 
because it starts with a caption <laughs> on page one, panel one has no captions in it, and it's uh, it reads like an R.L. Stein book. It has this weird. Um, well, I don't read books, you know, like that's not for me. But it feels like what R.L. Stein would read, you know, would write. Mm-hmm. It, it it's straight up like narrating. You know what I mean? Really? Like we talked about uh, the back in the day, we talked about Boom Studios do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep adaptation, which is the comic book adaptation of the book that was the basis for Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And one of my gripes with it was the fact that the caption boxes were just the stuff in the book that isn't dialogue, all the narration. And that's how this book starts. And then you realize that Man-Thing is is a star in the movie. And it's like, what the fuck, you know? And then <laughs> he gets called in and some douchebag studio exec tells him that he doesn't test well with... Um, whatchamacallit, the, the test audiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so he gets fired from the movie. But then it's like, wait a minute, how the fuck is, you know, being a, a fan of Man-Things, like how the fuck is Man-Thing having a conversation with a studio exec? Right. You know? And uh, this book goes on to tell you how he, he actually worked hard to gain his ability to communicate with people and and has his, I guess, his sense of self as uh, Ted Hollis, the guy that was turned into Man-Thing. You know, and he's trying to, like, work on himself as Man-Thing to kind of mainstream it, you know what I mean? Trying to mainstream the Man-Thing experience? Yeah, like, he's not fighting, you know, he's not protecting the gates of eternity or anything, you know? Like, he's just trying to earn a living as an actor. What? <laughs> like, it's weird. It but, sounds weird. Yeah, and then once it goes, it breaks from that, it goes into the origin story of him being betrayed by the chick in Iron Man 3. <laughs> which, you know, this, this solidifies. I just watched Iron Man 3 last week, and again, and this book, that just came out solidifies like they did try and they're going to bring man thing to the MCU again. What? Like, uh, and I want that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like they straight up went into his origin story. They kind of, they changed it up. They made her look a little more exotic instead of a, a brunette white chick. But, uh, and then she was more, um, she was in her, in her betrayal of him, she was a little more overt in it as opposed to the original comics. So it's a little edgier in that sense. Um, and, and she wasn't a a peer in the sciences. Back in the day, it turns out they were a little more empowering of women than now. Now she's just like a bimbo with a weird snake tattoo that pretends to like this nerd. Mm. But but yeah, so then and then there's more of a of a high speed chase with 
with it instead of him being yeah it's a little more action-packed his origin i guess is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. but um but yeah it goes back and then then he he comes out of the flashback and he's walking down hollywood boulevard and people are trying to take his picture but the whole point is that people find men disgusting and uh he smells like a swamp he's technically naked so he sees schlong <laughs> and then he gets attacked by a thing that is the more primal one that doesn't have the sense of self of Ted Hollis. So he's having, it's actually that second third, that, that third third of that book is two man things fighting each other. One of them trying to do brain over brawn and the other one just being the primal killing machine that man thing is. And that's actually really cool <laughs> it sounds, to see. It sounds really like real, like a, a pretty far departure from Man Thing. Yeah, yeah, but the departure didn't seem strange because it does go into his inner monologue about Man Thing working on himself to kind of gain his humanity back a little. Uh huh. You know, like they, there's probably a whole book that they didn't publish, or it makes you feel like there's a whole book that they didn't publish about Manthing trying not to be this weird primal nature force, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, like the first 10 issues of, of uh, Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing, you yeah? know? Yeah. Like, it, the, the, it, 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 this feels like it would be the new 52 Manthing. And I'm saying that in a good way, because Swamp Thing was good. Right, no, it was great. You know? I actually started going back and reading Animal Man and appreciating it even more. But, um, but yeah, th- this this does feel like that. And then, you know, having R.L. Stein like, seeing that kind of pedigree going into it, it's kind of like, yeah, it feels like it would have been a pro, like he wrote it in prose and then they adapted it into a comic. But in this case, I'm okay with it because the art's good, the action scenes are kinetic, um, and even the way the, the fight ends, it doesn't end. Like, it ends with basically Swamp Thing, uh, sorry, Man Thing asking himself, how the fuck am I going to defeat the primal version of myself, the animal version of myself? You know, the reptilian part of my brain. Like, how am I going to defeat, defeat that? You know? Right. And, uh, and it says to be continued. That's the last page. Well, shoot, it sounds like you liked it. I did. It, it was definitely different than the stuff I've read, but if you're going to do a man thing in this day and age, you do, like, Marvel actually went to some off-the-beaten-path talent to do that. Like, I want to see them do that with other books. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't be mad at that. I it, Like, it, Especially when you talk about characters as old as many of Marvel's roster, it's like yeah. you got to start trying to do something that you haven't done before. Um, yeah. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, it sounds interesting. Like, and it's it's funny because based on what you're saying, it doesn't sound like the direction I would have expected uh, R.L. Stein to take Man Thing. Yeah, it, it it was so weird because it felt like. Well, the way the narration was going and the dialogue felt corny as fuck. 
where it's like, you know, I read Man Thing from the 70s, like, it, it wasn't this corny, yeah? But it turned out he was filming a movie. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wow. So it's two monsters beating the shit out of each other right off the bat, and it's like, oh, yeah. He's like, can you know, then he goes into a meeting with a studio exec at Paramount or whatever. I wonder if this book is going to be the man thing book that R.L. Stein's putting out. Uh, like he's actually putting out, supposed to be putting out a novel or something too? That's what it looks like. I was looking up R.L. Stein man thing and there's, um, looks like there's a novel coming out uh, September. No, maybe that's it. Because it does read like, all the captions are, you know, it's your your narrator, your your main internal like dialogue, and then the the narration of action. That's fair. So yeah, I, I can see it being that. Um, and then the other plus of this book is that you get a backup story called "Put a Ring on It." And it's really like, it's, let's see, it's one, two, three, four. It's a four-page backup story in comic form mm -hmm. with pretty good art. Um, that's just like a horror story that he did that they adapted as a backup story for this book. Huh. I, I, Which I, is like, I, I love, like, no, I, I read creepy from Dark Horse, and I love old DC comics, and it's just one of those little like stories that goes in an anthology. And I think it's probably going to continue in the next one too. So it has nothing to do with Man Thing. Oh wow! Oh, never mind. It says it. It says it's Man Thing one through five. I just oh, got okay. I got confused because it said it's a hundred. It's over a hundred pages. Yeah, it's probably the trade paperback. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I'm again. How did you feel about the art? The art was good. It's done by uh, let's see here. What's the student name? Herman something or other. Monster. I wish. <laughs> uh, it's German Peralta. Yeah, Herman Peralta. And then there's a there's cover art by Francisco Francavilla, Ron Lynn. I guess they have a lot of, of variant covers, but I like both those the covers. Guys. Hmm? I like both those guys, Francisco Francavilla and and Ron Lim. Yeah, I wish uh, Francavilla would have done the book. Yeah, but. I think like he's kind of gotten to cover art status where he's like, oh yeah, I mean he has his like you know, he shoots his good load on his own book, yeah. the Black Beetle on Dark Horse, and then he does the covers for the Archie stuff and Sabrina stuff. So he's making money. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but but the art. Fits the tone okay. 
Yeah, it's a, it's the the with the tone of this book, it feels like a, a horror book in art wise, and then that's why the 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 actual text was a little weird to me, and then once it turned out to be a movie, I'm like, oh wow, okay, and then everything else, it, it just fits right. It's I know my biggest complaint for Swamp Thing, or well, not Swamp Thing, but like. Uh, New 52 Constantine where it's like the art was very superhero-y, you know? And then this art is superhero-y, but it fits the tone of this book. Cool. Oh, this does read like a novel. What, you don't believe me, motherfucker? <laughs> no, because you don't read novels. <laughs> look, look, look. I read novels, but I don't brag about it. Take that. Boom. So, um, overall, what would you rate it, Moses? Uh, I mean, it, it, straight, it had a straight up, like, Tales from the Crypt type uh, comic book as a backup. So I give it a four out of five easily. Um, it, I don't even know why I knocked off the one star. Because I, I could easily give it a five, but I don't want to because that would make me feel soft. Word. Cool. Like, I know I'm angry about this book a little bit. I just don't know where. Fair. Fair indeed. Maybe because Iron Man 3, but, you know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Cool. You ready to do some news? Yeah. Let's do it. It's coming. It's here. Or not. <laughs> Comic book news. We should have a like uh Comic book like her, <laughs> well, not, not like that, but like <laughs> All right. Um, starting off, everybody hates Danny Rand. <laughs> What's up with that? The reviews for Iron Fist are abysmal. What do you think? I think they were pre-programmed to hate it. <laughs> well, also, I, I blame Marvel Television. Why do you blame Marvel Television? Well, if they would have sent us the preview copies... They would have had maybe one decent review. My mic fell off. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> I agree with you on that. That's that. That could be the case. I, you I know, don't see, like they sent it to a bunch of pretentious, like quote-unquote journalists. You know, what would like make me so sad though would be to get the screeners and we watch them and we just be like, damn, this joint isn't good. Like, that would make me sad. I don't think it's going to be that bad. We'll see. I mean, you know, I, I, it's uh, one thing that I can agree with that some people are saying is, you know what? It's like Marvel Marvel might be due a, a, bad, a bad piece of media. And, you know, it's like the Iron Fist joint has been like the, the craw on their side. 
for a long time. I mean, it's like it, it didn't have the same kind of production. Um, like, I, mean, I, I don't want to call the production of the other three series smooth, but it definitely wasn't wrought with the same type of problems that Iron Fist had. Like whether it was like, yeah, we don't know what the story's going to be exactly, or yeah, we're not sure who's going to direct it. We don't know who's going to write it. We're, we haven't cast anybody. Like it felt like, you know, it was it was the afterthought or the the part of their Netflix uh, uh, TV universe that they're like, well, we'll figure that out later. And when later came, they're like, yeah. So about that plan, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's like showing in in what actually came what they ended up with because it just was not smooth and not as well thought out seemingly as some of the other stuff possible again who knows i haven't seen it and i very well like may see it and be like i don't know what everybody's talking about this joint's amazing i don't think it's gonna be amazing but i don't think it's gonna be that bad that's fair I think a lot of people are reviewers are trying to be the first one that called it. It, it. So they're just like running to to try to be the the first to be able to like genuinely knock some. Yeah, I mean we've seen it before where they with the movies they said they've been saying oh which one's going to be the bad one, and so you always get those those reviewers that are that are trying to be the first ones that say, oh, this, this is their flop. Marvel's finally done something wrong, and then the movie makes a billion dollars. Yeah. Now, they may have some points. They, like, they, the series could have given them more ammo, but there's got to be a little bit of that that said it was bad first. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, I would like, to, but I will say this. I mean, the types of reviews that this have, this show has been getting, you know, like does it, you can tell when people are like, okay, I think it sounds to me like you're just trying to throw a little bit of salt. But these reviews, they don't. They don't sound salty. They they sound like almost like sad for for the show. Like they like the show isn't aware of itself. But, you know, I I don't I don't know like even even to the point where they're like 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 they don't. They're, they're. I've seen reviews where they're like they don't even get the action right. Like the dude, like the, the fighting isn't there. It's not up to par. Which is like wow. Like, which is strange for Marvel Netflix stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's like, the Daredevil guys are down the hall, right? Like, <laughs> like how, how do you not like how how do you have, a uh, a character that's based on kung fu, and the fighting is weak. Like I don't. I can't. I can't imagine that. You know, I'm saying it's like it's not like they don't know what they're doing because, like, we all remember the the friggin' hallway scene from Daredevil where this fool like they did like a a full 
five-minute fight scene with no cuts of this fool whipping ass in, a, in one hallway. And it's just like, okay, all you have to do is take that same kind of energy and translate a character that knows what he's doing with the kung fu, but I don't know. This the the Iron Fist uh, premieres this weekend, right? Yeah, on Friday. Yeah. So it'll I'll be interested to to see uh, how it actually feel what it feels like how it turns out. I guess it's also worth mentioning that. The review, they the reviewers got the first six episodes, and so it's they're supposed to be thirteen episodes in this season. So we we do have a contact on Marvel Television, right? I don't, you know, I don't know that we do. Do we? Maybe I don't know. It's strange. I mean, it's not strange that we didn't get it, but. It is strange that we couldn't have got it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but... <laughs> and, and, uh, whatchamacallit's not, not taking it well. Uh, oh boy, that's the star. Yeah. Yeah, the more, the more he talks, the more I'm hating this show already. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the latest, what was the latest with him, uh, Oz? The latest was he was saying, well, uh, people don't like Iron Fist because Trump. And what? Because uh, uh-huh. Daddy Rand is a billionaire white guy, and apparently that's 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 evil now. <laughs> like, and, to before. This, these days, uh, uh, white billionaires weren't evil when they were shooting it, but by the time it, it's getting put out, now... That's all changed. <laughs> that that's not a joke. That's what he actually said. <laughs> that's well, I, when we yeah. were shooting, man, white people, white billionaires weren't evil. Is that really what he meant, though? Most <laughs> yes. trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Right, and, 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 well, and I'm just not, saying, it's, it's like not, then he should shut the fuck up because he's just making himself sound dumb. I, well, the thing is, I know for me. Uh, once Trump won, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to see any old white men do anything. Aw, oh, Bernie Sanders has a tear. Yeah, look, <laughs> he should have been a Mexican. <laughs> like, I never gave him any, any like, real, like, stuff. I had, you know, I didn't have that much faith in him. Period. I didn't trust him because he changed his name from a Jewish name to Sanders. Isn't Sanders a Jewish name? No, that's his regular white name. Oh, okay. Like he probably had like a name like Mendelbaum or something, and he changed it to Sanders. <laughs> or he probably he was probably like Sandberg or something. Fact, let me look that up real quick. <laughs> there it is, Bernie. Bernie exposed. Yeah, it's like uh, who else? Like all the Hollywood people do that a lot. Like, like Louis Black was Louis Schwartz, but he changed his name to Louis Black to not sound Jewy. Yeah, I mean, Stan Lee tried to sound more. Yeah, Asian. exactly. Yeah, 
I mean, we we know the the Hollywood people do that. I don't. I don't. But Stan, like also, Stan Lee was from a different. Well, I don't know. He might be from the same time as Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Actually, Stan Lee's probably older than Bernie Sanders. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, Stan Lee's ninety four. Yeah. Sanders is like seventies, yeah. maybe eighties. It's weird thinking that Stanley is like twenty years older than Bernie Sanders. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like Bernie Sanders looks so old. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not only does I mean Bernie Sanders does look older, definitely, but he's old. But I guess it's like you know, it doesn't it's weird. Like I guess I don't think of Stan Lee as as old as he actually is. It's like I just want to put him in a bubble. Well, that's that that's a that would be a mistake considering one of the stories out there. What what story? Uh, you pulled out of the Big Apple Comic Con for uh, health concerns. Uh, you know, I thought I thought Stanley was done doing cons outside of like, I thought the last one that he did was the last one he was going to do outside of like the ones that are where he lives. I don't know. I don't want Stanley to die. Ninety-four. Oh. Okay. What else is happening in the news? Uh. The whole reason Caliban is in X-Men Apocalypse and Logan doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, basically, nobody was paying attention. Right. Which is like something they shouldn't admit, right? You would think they shouldn't, but I guess, uh, you know, the director's like, you know what? I say what I want. What you gonna do? He's like, I gave you a, I gave you a, I, I gave you all a hit. <laughs> and then also, too, I'm sure from his perspective, he's like, it wasn't my job. <laughs> it's like, there's somebody at Fox whose job it is to make sure that this doesn't happen that's like, God damn it. He's like, why couldn't you just be quiet, yo? We had a nice tan in Apocalypse. I didn't see. I haven't seen Apocalypse, so I wouldn't know. Um. Well, what do people have against Buff Caliban? You know, I don't think anybody has any issue with Buff Caliban. I think that you know, Buff Caliban comes from. Being a horseman of apocalypse. Oh, okay. So I th- well, I mean, didn't that happen in X Men Apocalypse? I don't. He didn't become a horseman. He was just in it. He could have. That's that's fucking stupid. He 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 could have. So that means Magneto becomes a horseman. Yeah. But Caliban doesn't. Listen, I, trust me. Like you, you can only have four. The only horse. Right. But you already got Magneto, 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 uh, Storm too. Right. Neither one of them should be. Yeah, those two shouldn't be horsemen. If anything, Magneto should be the one dealing with the X Men at that point. Right. Not only is Storm a horseman, but her hair turns white because because Apocalypse touches her. Yeah. Yeah. It's. We. I don't know why we're talking about this movie. (laughs) 
Well, I'm just talking about Caliban. Like, I, I like, I like Buff Caliban. No, Buff Caliban is great. I, I think, I think Apocalypse Caliban is uh, is Zass from Gotham. Yeah, I think you're right. But, um, yeah, no, Buff Caliban is the better of the Calibans, in my opinion. And and it's cool because he still has all his other powers. He's just not fragile, you know. But uh, yeah. and technically, I mean, I'm, the the Caliban in X Men Apocalypse thinks of, thinks of himself as a tough guy. So you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's like, I am the buff Caliban. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they said? Why don't you read X Men comic with Caliban and he picked all the ones with the buff Caliban. <laughs> a buff Caliban. Oh, jeez, man. It it, like, it trips me out he, that. That at this point, Caliban's been in two X-Men movies, and then there's still other X-Men that are just like, you know, like, uh, like I feel like at, at this point, Cal- Caliban's gotten more quality screen time than Cyclops in X-Men movies. Oh, man. Anoli got more screen time. Who, who did? Anoli. Was he in one of the, Which movie was he in? In Logan. Which one is he supposed to be? The one that looks like a fucking reptile. Oh, you know what? The, the the fish the fish? Does he look like a fish? Well is that, I mean is that who's scales because of the scales, yeah, but that's a lonely. Listen, you know what, man? This is how you know Logan fails. Because I can't recognize any of these X Men. Like I don't know any of them. They don't I didn't realize that was supposed to be Richter. I don't know that that's supposed to be a Nole. Like I know these characters. I, this is not my fault. This is them doing this poorly. I don't know how you're recognizing them. You must be like, you must be trying. I don't know. You you would just, I don't know. I don't know how it is that you can look at these people and be like, oh, yeah, that's who that's supposed to be. I mean, he was an effeminate reptilian mutant. Like, that's an only. <laughs> but he's not Latino, right? Isn't an only Latino? No, reptile is a Latino. I know reptile's Latino. Anole is not a Latino, too? I don't think so. I mean, it only makes sense that he's in it because of Caliban, too, right? Oh, why? Because X-Dudes. Caliban's not an X-Dude, right? Who is it, then? It's Oh, no, you're thinking about Rockslide. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, but, but Rockslide does look like Buff Caliban. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, at a quick glance. And then Victor was more like Rockslide than Victor in this movie. Right. Right. Is Psylocke supposed to be a horseman? No. No. Okay. Messed up like up. nobody that was supposed to be a horseman is a horseman in that movie, right? Except for oh, Angel. A- Angel. Angels, but it should be Archangel. <laughs> or he becomes Archangel. Yeah, I guess. Kinda. But they never oh, refer to him as Archangel, right? Like the messed up part is there's been at this point, there's been more than a few X Men that have been Horsemen of Apocalypse, it's just none of the ones they chose other than Angel. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to watch that movie again. Or not. Nah. <laughs> or not. That movie's stupid. Like, uh, yeah, it's dumb. Like, he was killed by a tree. <laughs> it's like, we were really fucking killed by a tree. Yeah. What's about it is that I can't bitch to anybody about it because all my clients that 
watched it, watched the opening weekend, I already cut their hair, so I'm not going to wait two weeks. Why you got to wait two weeks? Because they'll come back. Gotcha. Mighty North Dakota tree. Yeah. <sighs> North Dakota has no trees, by the way. So yeah. Logan's, Logan's safe. Uh, Blair Redfield has been cast as Thunderbird in Gifted, the X-Men family drama. Yeah. I was a little pissed at word at first, but it turns out he had, he's like one-eighth Apache Indian or something. <laughs> that makes it okay. <laughs> I mean, at least it went for the one-eighth. Like, they could have just gotten... Ah, oh, damn, I wish I would have done pre-production and got this dude's name. Which one? Uh, the guy... Well, you didn't watch it because you don't watch what I tell you to watch. Um, might not be true. Which one? The show Banshee? Oh, you're right. I didn't watch Banshee. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I've been meaning to get to it. So there's a dude in, like, season two and three that's, like, the... Native American, like, he's the equivalent of like a David Duke for Native Americans in that series. Oh, jeez. Only David Duke doesn't have, you know, the brawn or the balls to really like start some shit, you know? Mm hmm. So, but this guy does. And he rallies a bunch of uh, Native American youths to kind of be like these militant. Native American dudes from the the reservations and kind of claim a little more land through fucking chaos and destruction and violence. Um, but this dude, man, he's damn near a superhero in that show. Okay. Uh, let's see. Maybe they'll maybe they'll use him for for Warpath. Well, that's who I wanted them for Warpath when they had him in, in what was it, X-Men, Days of Future Past? Yeah. And that Warpath didn't do anything in it, so it doesn't matter who they use, yeah? <laughs> that's funny. But, no, but it's true, yeah? Right. Oh, come to think of it, fucking Banshee has both Caliban in it, too. Oh, really? Big buff albino MMA fighter in it that tries to fuck the main character in jail and he ends up beating his ass. Oh, jeez. And he's, he's like, yeah, it's crazy. But I'm trying to find this actor's name because... This, I'm not, I'm not doing it. It's not coming up. Sorry. It's all right. But, yeah, that dude... Like if you put in Native American Banshee on Google, mm -hmm. you'll you'll it'll be the first thing that comes up. I just can't find his name to really credit him because he did a he did a real good job on the show. And uh, he should be Thunderbird and or Warpath. Word. I hope I hope that they use uh like the original Thunderbird. Like, not the the Warpath turned Thunderbird. 
Oh yeah, that dude. That dude does look like he should be friggin' Thunderbird slash Warpath. Yeah, right. And if you actually see him in action on the show, dude, like he goes into hiding from the the law, mm-hmm. and he becomes an underground pit fighter. Oh wow! Like you see him do all this crazy shit, and then he becomes that. And he's just murdering dudes in the octagon. Damn, and then I I see Buff Caliban too. Damn. I feel like yeah, <laughs> right? Like, that's Buff Caliban, right? That's Buff Caliban. Like, he even has the eyebrow. Now it's, you know, more uh, live action yeah eyebrow, but he's got that eyebrow. Yeah, 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 and, yeah he does. That's crazy. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> and it has, you know... The prequel is in comic form, so you can thank IDW for that. Thanks, IDW. <laughs> so it still has something to do with comics, so I can't bring it up. But yeah, Blair Redford doesn't look like that dude at all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I say that to say. <laughs> Blair Redford looks like the, dude, the Native American dudes in Twilight could like bend them over if they wanted to. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, they they do keep. I mean, they do keep picking like these pretty these pretty guys for for these two dudes, right? Well, it's just you know they don't want to show a powerful Native American because you know they might start getting ideas. Well, you know, we did do a. a, a I say we as Americans because I am an American, even though I'm from Mexican descent. Right. But Americans, we as Americans did do a uh, mass genocide to get their land. So we don't want to portray them as dudes that can fuck our women and us if they wanted to. (laughs) Or that's fair. But yeah. So did did you guys see this story here about... uh... I was saying the the DC extended universe is gonna rely heavily on flashbacks and and friggin' flash forwards. They kind of have to, because they otherwise they'd have to start from scratch, and they feel like they already feel like they're far behind. I, you know, it's interesting because, like, will will that take away from the connectiveness of it? Like, does that does it feel like these characters won't be in the same world if? I think if anything, it'll add connect. It'll add connections where there probably wouldn't have been any. So when you say that, you mean like they'll like they'll, they'll tell a full story and then connect it through flashbacks or flash forwards. Or maybe they mean the Flash shows up and tells you what's happening. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. That's not. Flash fact. If it's not, if it's not, you know, the dude from the TV show, I don't give a shit. I don't want to see him. Yeah. Did you watch World War Grodd? I did. And Planet Grodd? Yes. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it too, but it still should have been the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I can see where you're coming from with that. It's like, but it, it's a different enough story that it can be a, a giant ape. Yeah. But it's it's still very much like Planet Hulk and World War Hulk. Like, it's too much like it. Don't get me wrong, I still liked it. Yeah. But it, it's just, you know, thankfully Marvel hasn't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so when they do it, it's going to be like, oh, I saw Grodd do this shit. <laughs> <clears throat> I really like how they did Grodd, so yeah, I can't be mad at it. You know, so having him do like a two-part episode like that for Grodd, I mean, I don't think he's been that cool in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I would. It's well, cartoons, I mean, yeah, but yeah, maybe you might be right. I, I don't read enough Flash to even know. <laughs> yeah. Kingsman Secret Service director is Matthew Vaughn is reportedly eyed to helm the Man of Steel sequel. Um. I don't, I don't know how to feel about that just because it's like I liked Kingsman and yeah. I thought I thought he did a good job directing that movie but then he's going to go to Man of Steel and I don't know if I even want to see that. Well, he's the the Mark Millar guy, you know? Oh, is he? Well, he did Kingman and he did Kick-Ass, the first Kick-Ass. Oh, well, there you go. So, I don't know if that's the right feel for a Superman movie, but, you know, they're not doing a good Superman right. movie, period, so. <laughs> it's a perfect feel for a Man of Steel movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think mean, he probably would have done a better job for Man of Steel than, than uh, Snyder. Yeah. But yeah, so good for him. He's, he's he's making his moves. Yeah. Legion season two's confirmed. Yes, I saw that. That's cool. I'm happy. Yeah, good for Legion. I was like, I wonder how, what other people that aren't that don't know what the character's all about, like what they think of that show. Um, I've heard, like, a little bit of mixed stuff. Like, they can't get into it. Mm. So, uh, like, the people that are sticking with it are sticking with it because it's Marvel television. Uh-huh. So, but, you know, that didn't help Peggy Carter. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what it's about. It's probably speaking to them on something they don't want to admit to me. But... Yeah, I, I love it. Like, it's a good show, period. Like, if it had nothing to do with... If it was just a show about a dude with mental illness and powers and the blurred lines between the two and nothing to do with X-Men or Marvel, mm -hmm. I'd be like, this is the greatest show that's not comic-related ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's why I'm enjoying it because it's like, well, you know... Technically, it gave me a little bit of what I expected from when the one issue of Legion I read. <laughs> <laughs> of X-Men Legacy, rather. 
<laughs> so, so okay, you know, I know what he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do, and it's not doing that, but it is doing that weird, like work perspective and trippiness and. Like, they did this thing with the title sequence where they, it says Legion with a zero and X. Mm-hmm. But instead of just being bold letters, those letters are like window to something else that I'm probably going to see in the next episode. Mm. With motion and everything. And I was like, tripping out like crazy. <laughs> My third eye was watering. His third eye was watering. <laughs> But yeah. Chris I'm Evans is gonna, oh, go ahead. Chris, go ahead. Chris Evans is gonna stop being Captain America after Infinity. Which we all knew that, right? Yeah. I, mean, I thought he was gonna stop being Captain America like after the last Captain America movie. No, they had to do the next Avengers, which is Infinity War. Yeah. And then that he'll stop. All, like, all, all I the, think the second Infinity, the second Avengers Infinity War is going to be all the new cast. Yeah, it might be. But, yeah, the, the those guys were all slated for, for six movies. So that's three of their own and then three Avenger movies. So maybe they'll finally kill Rogers in Infinity War and then the next... Captain America movie is Buckley taking over. They're probably not even going to kill him. He's probably just going to, like, age rapidly and retire. Could do that. Or they could make him head of shield or something. Yeah, because if you're the head of shield, they don't need to show you anything. (laughs) Like, they don't have to. I guess you can't be the head of shield, though, probably not, because that would mess up the TV show. Right. And we know how great that is. It's fantastic. It's going to be another Darth Vader comic. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, actually. What is it? It's uh, young Darth Vader. It's, uh, It's supposed to be like right after Revenge of the Sith. Oh, all right. So it's it's a little bit before the last one that just ended. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And that that I don't, was, oh who's I that? don't see a title for it though. Is it gonna have a white cover? <laughs> I'm I'm sure that they'll make sure that it has a white cover for you, Moses. I know that's the only like comics I buy now are white covers, like physical comics. Well, I guess I can't be mad at you for that. As long as you're buying comics some other way. Yeah, digital. It'll be easier when I move. Right. Um, who's the writer on that? I, I remember it being somebody that I was like excited about, but I can't remember. Charles uh, Sewell, right? Oh, Charles Sewell? Charles Sewell, Sewell, Sewell. Sewell yeah. And then it was drawn by Giuseppe. Coming cool? Yeah. I love, ah, oh, f- fuck, I'm gonna love this book. Yeah, dude. Uh, he's an amazing Spider-Man guy, so I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, but he's, like... He's good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, it's, both, it's gonna be a good book. I remember reading the press release, and when they announced it, I was like, dude, like, that's gonna be awesome. Because the last, the last series was fantastic. But that was a different team, though, right? Yeah, but 
I'm just saying the last series was fantastic, and they ended it because they're like, well, this was the story that we were here to tell. And then when they announced the new team, it was like, oh, man, like those are that's another dream team right there. Yeah, according to this press release, it's supposed to be darker than that other book. Wow. I wonder if it's going to be. I guess, I guess it would be because it's right after, you know, he gets his limbs hacked off. It's going to be him hunting Jedi. Yeah. Um, in the other books, they were already dead, right? It was mm-hmm. after New Hope. Yeah, for the most part. If you really want to see really good Giuseppe Kamikuli art, you got to look at his convention commissions. Oh, yeah? That's where he shines? Like, yeah. I mean, no, he shines, like, in Superior Spider-Man and, and uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but just something about him just doing, like, watercolor shit with just a pencil and a pen and a, a gray ink wash brush. Like, he did this Batman one that looks really good. Does he do a lot of uh, Artist Alley? Oh, yeah. That's how he makes most of his money. Well, not now. Now he's on Vader. But uh, that for a long time, that's how he was doing. I know because I was looking at him to do, to get one of his stuff as a tattoo. And it was like, some of his stuff was like, wow. Like, it was going to be expensive. And I got to pick the right place in my body to put it on. And You got to get him to draw on you. Nah, I can just take something from the internet. Like, we did a really good John Constantine, a good Two-Face. I, I think on YouTube there's a, a video floating of, of him doing Spider-Man Roar. That's really good. Well, maybe I'll uh, have a commission him for something. Yeah. If he's still doing it, though. Well, it's, it's going to be like 400 bucks a pop now. That's not a problem. <laughs> he did one of Batman that's really good where the shadow, the outline of the wall behind him, like the brick, is in his shadow, and then the rest of it is just white. And that looks really good. That sounds awesome. So anything else we need to make sure we talk about before we go? Uh, Batman is now being rewritten from scratch. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And they think that Deathstroke will be dropped. Now, why would that make, like, why would that happen that way? Uh, maybe internet reaction. Like, we see Deathstroke on Arrow, and Arrow could take him. So why couldn't Batman? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, and then there's a little more insight to why Ben Affleck dropped off the movie in terms of writing and directing, and uh, he was in rehab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know they've said like, oh, you know the. That has nothing to do with the other, but I don't know. It's hard to believe. Oh, no. 
I believe it does. Yeah. But that's just me. Real quick, back to Giuseppe Camanculi. He also drew Supergirl as the Red Lantern. Oh, nice. Yeah. He drew an awesome picture of Nightwing getting hit in the head with a chicken. Is that true? Where's that? <laughs> it's actually a flamingo. Is that true? No, I think I saw that. I'm, just making I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in chat, so I can't put it. But Oh, yeah. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> it just popped up. I was looking at his art. What? I think that's that's one of my favorite images. All Star Batman number eight. Oh, jeez. Nightwing getting hit in the head with a knocked the fuck out with a pink flamingo. Like he even dropped his electrified batons. That's crazy. Cool. Anything else before we go, gents? Oh, uh, this is a really good one. Was John Constantine going into a vortex of souls? Uh, Suicide Squad 2 lands a writer, but no director yet. That They're is... getting the dude that did Legend of Tarzan. Adam Kozad. Okay. Tarzan was okay. I mean, realistically, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's Suicide Squad 2, so... Like, you could just get anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you're like, whatever. Like, I don't know. I hate to, I, I hate to say it that way, but that's how I feel about it. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Like, why, why do people even care? It's like, but apparently other people like that movie more than I did. They should get a comic book writer to do it. That's what they should be trying to get. But who would want to write that that works in comics? Nope. I mean, well, he can't do it because he's tied to Marvel. I I believe that there like, are... Any of the good comic book writers that write comics and movies are working for Marvel right now. Yeah, I, I feel like there's there are people at DC that... Uh, would probably jump at that opportunity to probably make like make it better but yeah i don't think anybody cares about suicide squad like that that's hilarious like like if it was them trying to make you know man of steel better man of steel 2 mm -hmm. it'd be different but suicide squad is like nobody big c don't give a shit about him <laughs> I think they'll kill. They'll care more now. A little after, more, maybe. After, after the success of the first one, now they they see they see dollar signs. But the but that's the thing. The way that Warner Brothers works and DC works is like okay, it was a hit already with the 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 minimum effort we put in. We can just do a little bit more than that minimum effort, and we'll do okay. Yeah, that shouldn't be uh, the way they look at it, but it is. Oh, we've seen how Marvel looks at it. It's like, whoa, this guy did Winter Soldier. These group of dudes that fresh off of the extended season of Arrested Development, yeah, yeah, we'll get them cheap. Let's get them through Winter Soldier. 
Whoa, they did Winter Soldier. Fuck, let's get them to do Civil War. Fuck, Civil War. All right, they're doing the Infinity, the War, Avengers Infinity. You know? Yeah. That's how Marvel does it. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, let's see. Uh, is it Billy O'Kay's birthday? What did he just say? I don't happy know. birthday, Billy O'Kay. We love you. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah pick up his comic book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Oscor, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Billy, Billy's okay in my book. <laughs> Moses Magnum. Final thoughts. Peter Serafinovich's The Tick gets an updated costume as the Amazon series gets to start shooting. Like he needs to get updated muscles. Oh, geez. he needs to get updated. People, like, he, look, he looks like he should be Arthur. Oh, it looks like Dr. Drew cosplaying as fucking the oh, tick. Oh my god. Like, they had to put muscles on his junk. <laughs> like, his junk muscle piece is bigger than his pectoral piece. Hey, that would, that would be my contract if I was the tick. <laughs> like, they would have to computer graphically like mitigated so that it wouldn't throw people off for me but that's just me word for the entire fantastic forum thank you all for hanging out we appreciate you we'll be back next week um yeah until then oh well no I, I guess I should say you should mess with us on twitter follow us let us know what you think of the show let us know what you want us to be talking about or you can hit us on our facebook group feel free to join uh fantastic forum yeah but either way make sure you reach out say what's up to us let us know what we're doing right let us know what we're doing wrong uh and either way we'll be back next week until then we're out <laughs>